0: his stomach as the Ferris wheel lifted them high into the night air, the noise of the world falling away below. He'd wanted the feeling to last forever, not yet realizing how things would change for them, how they always do for young people in love. Sitting now in the still of the parking lot, the car noiseless except for the soft knock of the engine block as it cooled, he draped his right arm over the seat back and turned to study his two boys. One a constant source of chatter and energy, and the other, an enigma, silent and indecipherable. Michael glanced at his wristwatch, still 10 minutes before the market closed for the evening. Sean, you come with me, he said. Danny, he waited for the boy to make eye contact, the only confirmation that he was listening. I want you to stay here, we shouldn't be more than a few minutes. There was no descent from Danny, would there ever be? And so Michael turned in his seat, grasped the door handle, and swung it wide, stepping out into the parking lot, the gravel loose and shifting beneath the soles of his wingtips. Standing beside the open door of the Mercury, he hesitated, considered not going into the market after all, folding himself back into the car and driving away. He could return home, Stop long enough to collect his wife, but leave everything else behind. There were other places for them to live besides Cottonwood. The town pulled at them, greedy and unrelenting, demanding more from his family than it had any right to take. Somewhere else, things could be better. Somewhere else, there might be another way. Instead, Michael closed the door waited for Sean to walk around the rear of the vehicle and join him on the driver's side. Behind them, along Gas Point Road, the traffic was light. A battered Ford pickup backfired once as it drove past, heading toward the highway, its brake lights winking as it approached the access ramp. On the opposite side of the street, a man in a tan jacket hustled across the empty pavement in its wake. Pick out a flavor, Michael said as they headed inside. How about two? Two? Sean asked, hopeful. Two then, he replied. But make one of them strawberry for your mother. And get some coffee and sugar while you're back there. His right hand went to the breast pocket of his shirt, fingers retrieving his pack of camels, tapping one out, placing it in the corner of his mouth. Evening, Stan. Michael? Stan Eddleworth greeted him from behind the counter and stubbed out his own cigarette in the ashtray on the shelf to his left. The man turned, placed his thick hands on the glass in front of him. At 62, Stan had hair that was more silver than gray, the metallic sheen enhanced by his styling pomade and the pale granite blue eyes that seemed to observe the world through a light haze of smoke. The market's proprietor leaned forward, his posture canted to the right, his good legs supporting most of his weight. He lost the other one during the First World War, a casualty of infection from his time in the trenches. What was left of it merged with a wood and leather prosthesis just south of the knee. If the leg bothered him, as Michael imagined it must, Stan never mentioned it. And despite the black wooden stool behind the counter, he always seemed to stand, keeping vigil. A remnant, perhaps, of the duties he'd been relieved of long ago. How's Kate? Stan asked, glancing toward the back of the store where Sean had gone to fetch the ice cream. Doing well, thanks. Michael said, snapping his lighter closed and returning it to his pocket. He inhaled deeply, tilted his head upward slightly as he blew out a thin train of smoke. He turned to study the rack of newspapers, picked up a copy of the Chronicle. Eisenhower Signs Communist Control Act, the headline read, and placed it on the counter. Shame we need a law, he commented, tapping the paper. Stan nodded. Hoover says it'll just force subversives deeper into hiding, make the FBI's job more difficult. Right, but now Senator Watkins and his committee are taking a hard look at McCarthy. Ike must be happy about that. Sean emerged from the aisle with two cartons of ice cream in hand, the coffee and sugar balanced on top. He set them down on the counter and walked over to the rack of comics in the shop's entryway. A dying glimmer of sunlight spilled through the door's window. Illuminating the back of the boy's head, a hint of scalp visible beneath the dusky blonde crew cut. The tan neck bent slightly to study the illustrated covers.